Now, the government has refused to immediately join South Africa in its genocide case against Israel at the International Court of Justice. This comes despite mounting political pressure, both from the opposition and from within its own ranks. Tonish Tamihol Martin said a decision on the provisional measures that South Africa has requested will be made by early February, and this will be analysed carefully by the Department of Foreign Affairs. The Social Democrats will bring a motion to the Dáil today calling on the government to join South Africa's case. Meanwhile, Trokra uh, says calling for a ceasefire in Gaza is no longer enough. The Irish Development Agency says Ireland has a legal obligation under the UN Genocide Convention to prevent genocide. To discuss all of this, uh, we are joined uh, by Eamon Meehan, uh, who's involved with Sadaka, the Ireland-Palestine Alliance, and is former director of Trokra, and also the Associate Professor of Politics at DCU's School of Law and Government, the Newmarket and Ferguson native uh, Donica back on and you're both very welcome uh, to the programme uh, gentlemen uh, Donica the, the government refusing to immediately row in behind South Africa in its genocide case against Israel despite the fact they're facing as I say pressure from across the doll, pressure it seems from elements within its own side of the doll, and it would seem significant backing from the public for such a move um, what's your view on that and uh, their stance to uh, to wait on until February well, the stance is is consistent with that which was applied in the case of uh, Ukraine. Um, so they are waiting for the um, kind of preliminary judgment of the uh, International Court of Justice, which, as you've said, is scheduled for either the end of this month or early February. And and they will make recommendations. And you know, it is hoped in a best case scenario that they will you know more or less ask Israel to desist. Uh, from its campaign of aggression in Gaza, uh, which is killing so many people. And and then the, the, the government argues that's when it will be time to weigh in in support of the ICJ judgment. But we don't know what that ICJ judgment uh, will be. And, you know, there have been calls, the Social Democrat motion, which I've read in, in, in it's, it's about two pages long. It's 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 very long on, on outlining what we already know about the outrageous campaign of carnage that Israel is is perpetrating on the Palestinian people. But in terms of practical steps, uh, there's only one line at the end, which says, you know, the government should take its obligations under the Genocide Convention seriously and support South Africa. Um, But I think it's, I mean, the government's position is that this is a legal forum. It's not, I mean, they've made it the point more than once that it's not a a debating chamber or it's not a a matter of cheer leaders uh, kind of entering the fray. The court has now its submission, 84-page application from the South African government. It's deliberating on that. Uh, Israel has put its counter case there. And as I said, the preliminary case then will be decided very shortly. The longer term uh, case about genocide will take years to decide. It won't obviously influence the course of the war, but it's hoped that the preliminary judgment could be very decisive. The one big question is, of course, is whether Israel will abide by uh, whatever is recommended in those preliminary judgments. They've been very wary of of giving any commitment uh, to abiding by the outcome. And that, that leads us to the bigger problem of that it may be not a matter of of you know legal remedies that will bring an end to this conflict because ultimately this is about politics, it's about the military, and it's about geopolitics, and that's where it's a very asymmetrical war between Israel and Palestine. And that is a very pertinent point, Eamon, that Donica makes that look whatever happens, will Israel abide by it? And even calling for a ceasefire feels, you know, performative and relatively ineffective because you would wonder would Israel even heed such a call. I, th- I think we'd all be leaning towards them perhaps ignoring that. Yeah, I think they have already said they will ignore whatever the ICJ uh, rules in preliminary measures. 
The US has also said that um, they regard South Africa's case as without merit. So from both Israel and its principal backer, um, it's not looking good. Um, but equally in the Ukraine-Russia case, uh, Russia uh, took absolutely no notice of the ICJ ruling. Um, I I do think, though, it is important. Uh, I mean, I accept that this is ultimately political and military decisions will drive what Israel does. Um, but I do think it's important um, in terms of reputation. And I do, I, I know from speaking to people who were um, at the foreign ministers, EU foreign ministers meeting on Monday, that the Israeli foreign minister who turned up there with his video of the island in the Mediterranean that he, he wanted built for Palestinians, that he was quite isolated um, and that the mood is shifting at an EU level. Now, we're still a very long way away from any concerted action uh, by the EU against Israel so that it would have to pay a price for its, its uh, onslaught on Gaza. Just in, in relation to the motion itself, I, I think um, I think obviously the, the SOCDEM motion is going to be defeated tonight. And the government has its own counter motion and that's going to be to be passed. But what uh, the motion by the SOCDEMs has done is it has enabled a debate in Dáil Éireann and the government had declined last week to do that. Um, so at least we've now had statements, we've had positions We've had, um, and I think that in itself is very useful, but also in the government motion, I think that what we have seen is a statement of intent. Even though it's couched in quite cautious language, I think it's a statement of intent um, to intervene uh, in the South Africa case on the side of South Africa. It's highly unlikely that they would have put down, um, strongly consider as a matter of urgency. I mean, if you put as a matter of urgency into a motion, uh, that's not an indication that you um, intend to ignore this. And I think once the preliminary measures are announced by the ICJ, I think the pressure will mount on government at that point from the opposition, from the general public. Um, and I don't think uh, that they will have any um, option in the end, but to join the case. And I note what the Taoiseach said yesterday as well, that the South Africa case was valid. That's not as strong as saying that, you know, they agree with it or they're going to uh, yeah. support it or intervene. But to say that it, it is valid uh, means that perhaps they have conducted their own assessment, which they are required to under the Genocide Convention. Um, and this is the conclusion that they've come to. So I think there's a lot to play for in the coming days. And obviously the pressure will ramp up as soon as the ICJ gives its, uh, its interim order. Donica, as as Eamon says, the Taoiseach said the South African case is valid. It's not exactly uh, very, very strong. But I just wonder about the messaging uh, from government. You know, Leo Varadkar himself had previously said Ireland did not intend to join South Africa's case. Then subsequently taunished to me a whole Ireland's original position that it would not support the case. Um, it, it feels like they're not all singing from the same hymn sheet on this uh, or uh, was that or has that changed maybe they are they are all uh, coming from the same point of view on this now well sometimes it's not clear when we hear about you know supporting or not supporting the south african case what that entails in practical steps does it mean for example if you go back a little bit does, did it mean co-sponsoring 
a, a case at the ICJ with South Africa? Did it mean intervening and intervention uh, as Germany is saying it will do, um, you know, and has done before? Um, or is it is it something like the Taoiseach is saying yesterday that after the preliminary judgment, you know, it's, it's, it's very likely that the Irish government will intervene. And as I said, it has done so already in Ukraine. They were trying to establish that they're they're more or less showing no less urgency than they were in Ukraine because, you know, obviously at the EU level, the, the, the difference in, you know, mobilised opinion at a political level is, is is noteworthy. But the Irish government have been trying to say that, well, in, from their point of view, you know, they waited until there was a preliminary judgment and then they intervened, uh, more or less calling out Russia and its actions uh, in Ukraine. And they're kind of hinting, as Eamon was saying, that they're likely to do something similar. Of course, we don't, we, and we can't pre, pre, prejudge what the International Court of Justice uh, will 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 rule, and it would be, of course, a huge disappointment uh, if it rules, uh, you know, anything less than you know bringing uh, an immediate end uh, to the bombardment of Palestine. But the Irish government is committing itself to abide by any judgment that the ICJ, uh, you know, rules on uh, in the near future. Eamon, Richard Boyd Barrett claimed the government's approach to this ICJ case so far is a shameful failure. Is that too too strong, do you feel, or has he got it just about right? Well, I know from Michal Martin that, um, as he says, that in uh, meetings of the EU foreign ministers, that Ireland is on one side of the spectrum and Hungary is on the other side. And um, so Ireland is seen as being strongly supportive of the Palestinian cause, uh, and in this case, the South Africa case. Um, so I do think that, um, I think, you know, the, uh, what they seem to want to do always is to move with the group within the EU and not to do anything that would force them to take unilateral action or to step outside uh, a process within the European Union. Now, to that extent, um, I think Richard Boyd Barrett has a point uh, especially when you see the, the Germans have no problem in saying quite clearly without any consultation with their EU partners uh, that they're going to intervene um, on the side of Israel. Um, despite everything uh, that we know that's happening in Gaza. Um, so I think it, there's one thing about the Genocide Convention. Uh, it's, it is a part of customary international law. And in that case, uh, abiding by uh, the Genocide Convention supersedes EU law. Um, it supersedes any trade agreements between the European Union and Israel. And Ireland's primary responsibility is to abide by its responsibilities under the Genocide Convention. And that comes before abiding by its responsibilities towards your EU law or legislation. So, but, uh, you know, I think we're a long way from the government actually... Um, stating that clearly itself and um, and abiding by that. So the objective seems to be to stay firmly within the EU pack rather than doing anything that would place them outside the fold. They talk about influence and that this is, if Ireland wants to be influential, we have to remain with the others, um, which can be deeply frustrating, especially at times like this when um, in Gaza, mass starvation is now stalking the population. Yeah, absolutely awful, awful situation. And Dunnock, I want to get your view on 
what's happening at the, the upper echelons of uh, Israeli government, particularly their war cabinet. Interesting piece in the Sunday Times from last weekend on the uh, six men leading Israel's war strategy. They'll have to decide on whether to agree to a ceasefire for in, uh, in exchange for the release of uh, Hamas's hostages in Gaza. And there, there appears to be differing views between the likes of Benjamin Netanyahu, Yoav Gallant and others uh, within that war cabinet. Of course, some of them coming from opposition parties. Uh, what, what do you think they should do and what do you think they will do? Well, of course, from, a, from an outside perspective, they, they should, um, you know, bring about a situation where there's immediate ceasefire and, and, and stop their, their, their campaign of aggression in, in, in Gaza, which is, 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 is well recorded. But what they, what they will do, if you go according to the record, is that they will persist with this. Um, you know, this is being utilised as an opportunity. I mean, like, you know, we, we know well that this conflict has been ongoing for three quarters of a century. And, you know, we, we know what triggered this immediate phase uh, of the conflict. But there are certainly those within cabinet who have long held uh, views about what constitutes the best solution to, from their perspective, the Palestine problem. And and really, it's a one-state solution without Palestinians. I mean, there they, they, there's been several ministers who've been quite clear about this. And indeed, one of the few, uh, perhaps, positive effects of, of this um, case of The Hague is that Netanyahu has tried to row in some of those ministers, but largely unsuccessfully in, 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 in kind of putting forward what are, quite frankly, genocidal, um, you know, speeches about, you know, essentially depopulating uh, the area of Gaza, whether it's by mass extermination or whether it's mass exile. So this is the most far-right uh, government that Israel has ever had. It's been moved, it's been drifting uh, to the right progressively uh, with every election. But the, the fate of the hostages is a very emotive issue uh, within Israel. We've seen in Parliament demonstrations by the relatives who are trying to get the government to, to somehow guarantee their uh, release. And, 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 and an opportunity has, it seems, been provided by this offer of a, a two-month uh, pause uh, in hostilities, if if the hostages are are released, but it's 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 not clear about the status of that and what would happen afterwards. Um, and and it, it it at least the record demonstrates that they've been more interested in annihilating Gaza than they have about securing the release of the hostages. Uh, Eamon, we saw on Monday Israel experiencing its single worst day for the loss of military life. Fighting against Hamas began last October. 24 soldiers killed, uh, 21 of them in one incident alone. Would you be hopeful that that, along with uh, what Donegal was saying about the, the, you know, the, I suppose increasing pressure on Israel to, to get the hostages home, um, that the, the pressure from within the Israeli public for a resolution to this could um, bring a, an end to it? Uh, 